listening to another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. Now, who would have thought at the beginning of 2020 that we would be facing what we are right now? That life would be looking so different, that we'd be facing the house situations that we are, homeschooling our children, I mean, running church online, and that we'd be having so many restrictions placed on us. And the truth is that though, even though we're having so many restrictions placed on us externally, I know God wants to do something in us that will lift internal restrictions. I really have been stirred around this whole thought that trust triumphs. Now, He wants to do something new in us to bring us to new levels of freedom, new levels of victory where our trust in Him will deepen in a new way, where we would see new levels of fruitfulness, new levels of breakthrough. And as I was praying and preparing for this message, I I really felt God lead me to a passage in Mark 4. In verse 35 to 40, Jesus is with His disciples and it says, Later that day, after it grew dark, Jesus said to His disciples, Let's cross over to the other side of the lake. After they had sent the crowd away, they shoved off from the shore with Him as He had been teaching from the boat and there were other boats that sailed with Him. Suddenly, as they were crossing the lake, a ferocious tempest arose with violent winds and waves that were crashing into the boat until it was all but swamped. But Jesus was calmly sleeping in the stern, resting on a cushion, So they shook him awake saying, teacher, don't you even care that we're all about to die? You know, have you ever had one of those times where you feel like you're in the middle of craziness and it feels like, God, where are you in the middle of this? And I love the response of Jesus to his disciples. He says, fully awake, he rebuked the storm and shouted to the sea, hush, calm down. All at once, the wind stopped howling and the water became perfectly calm. Then he turned to his disciples and said to them, why? Are you so afraid? Haven't you learned to trust yet? You know, as I read that passage, those words just leapt out at me. Why are you so afraid? Haven't you learned to trust yet? You know, I really believe that God is looking for our trust. He's looking for those who will choose to trust Him. There is such goodness that flows into our lives as we trust Him. I mean, Proverbs 3 implores us to trust God. It says that as we trust Him, our body will glow with health. Our very bones will vibrate with life. One Chronicles talks about God answering prayers because the people of Israel trusted Him. You know, church, anybody that is tuning in today, I just have this deep sense that God is wanting us to deepen our trust in Him. I love that Jesus said to His disciples, come on, haven't you learned to trust me yet? See, trust, it's a learnt response. It's something that we can continue to grow in. And Jesus is saying to His disciples, I mean, come on guys, after being with me all this time, you've heard my teachings, you've seen the miracles, you've seen me move in your lives, haven't you learned to trust me yet? Now, if we look at our lives, the trust usually runs deepest with those that we know the most. Trust is an outcome of a healthy relationship. So for our trust to deepen with God, we have to really know Him. Not just hear about Him through secondhand revelation, hear about His goodness from others, but to know Him for ourselves. And what a season we are in where we can get to know Him more, get to discover more about His character, lean into Him so that our trust can run deeper. 
I mean, I love the passage of John 15 where it talks about the importance of knowing Him and having a deep personal connection with Him. And it says this in John 15, Jesus again speaking to His disciples and He says, Remain in Me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in Me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burnt. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in His love. See, this passage records some of the last words of Jesus before He goes to the cross. And so these words are incredibly important to you and I. And you can hear the, pas- the passion of Jesus in these Scriptures. He uses the word remain 10 times. And this word, it refers to our connection with Him. You know, it says no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. We must be connected to Him. Know Him personally. You so hear the heart of God for us that we would know Him. We can't do anything without relationship with Him. We are meant to be intimately connected to Him. And I love that. As a church, we're not about a set of beliefs or a religion. We're about a personal connection with God. And so what I want to do is just look at this passage of Scripture and just look at how Jesus gives us some keys to knowing Him. The first thing is that it's a decision about our position. It's a decision about our position. Jesus says again in John 15, if you remain in me, if, it's a choice we get to make. The word remains mean to abide, to stay, to endure, to be held, to continue. See, knowing Him comes because we make a decision to lean into Him no matter what, to stay, to press in. And what a time it is for us to press into Him. You know, we're in a season where so many things have been stripped away from us that maybe usually bring us comfort or security maybe even stripped of things that we get our value from, the way that we used to do things, the positions maybe that we used to have. Yet we can make a decision to position ourselves to remain in Him, to stay in Him, to go deeper in Him. I love what the Passion Translation puts it like. He says, if you live in life union with me as your source, in life union, fruitfulness will stream from within you. When you live separated from me, you are powerless. I love that, a life union with Him, where our growth comes from getting our nutrients from Him. And not only that, but our position in Him provides us with incredible security and peace. It's crazy to think that just a few months ago, Craig and I were snowboarding in Japan together for 10 days. It seems like a lifetime ago now. Craig is a great snowboarder. He was an instructor when he was younger and he continues to instruct me and One of the things he'll often say when we're snowboarding is relax your body into position. See, when we have the right body position, it means you can get your edge into the snow and you can ride through whatever the terrain brings you. And it's the same with us. When we relax ourselves into a position where you're connected with God, 
No matter what life brings you, you are secure because you are positioned in Him. Now, Jesus describes Himself as the true vine. When we're connected with Him, He is true life, true peace. He is true security. And He is what we need to ride through any terrain. We don't have to fear what's around the corner because we are positioned in Him, knowing that He has us. See, our knowledge of God has got to become the greatest knowledge that we have. Greater than any knowledge of our circumstance, we have to know Him. Greater than any knowledge of our fears, we have to know Him. Greater than any knowledge of our limitations, we have to know Him. Knowing Him is the greatest knowledge we could ever possibly have. And again, it's what keeps us secure, it's what gives us peace, and it's what enables us to walk out fully everything He has for us. Can I encourage us in this season, what can we be doing to know Him in a more intimate way? to go deeper in relationship with Him and to position ourselves in Him, where again, no matter what happens, He is our rock and our security. You know, it's taking time to put on worship music more, taking more time to read the Bible. It's connecting with other Christians through online groups that we have. And I love hearing the stories about what God has done in other people's lives because again, it helps to deepen my trust in Him. So it's so good today to be joined with my great friend, Kina, and you and your family are an amazing part of our church, amazing part of life. And just thought it'd be great to hear more of your story today. And Keynes, for you, now how has having a personal knowledge of God changed your world? Well, thank you so much for having me here today. It's great to be here, especially on Mother's Day. And, you know, great question. It's actually a question that I think about often because it was such an incredibly defining moment in my life when I had this incredible exchange with God that changed my entire world. And I think back and it was a really defining Sunday morning when I was 18 years old. And I can just vividly remember that I was on a path of real self-destruction. Um, at the time, I was working casually as a model. It wasn't something that I thought that I'd wanted to do long-term with my life, but I was just taking the opportunity and the cash that, um, that it brought as it came to me. And I was in a place where I was in a, a really broken mindset that I didn't really have a hope or a clear direction of what I wanted to do with my life. And, you know, it didn't help that I was in that kind of modelling culture and I was surrounded by people that were doing drugs and not only doing them, but were really um, encouraging other people to do them. So, you know, I got to a place where I was finding myself taking drugs daily and was starting to rely on that just to get through my day. And, um, yeah, looking back, I was just on a really clear self-destructive path. Yeah. Um, during that time, I knew within me that something wasn't right, that I wasn't living the way that I should be. But unfortunately, I continued down that path for quite some time until I came to that real defining Sunday morning and I'd been out partying all night in the city and I thought it'd be a great idea to walk home to Altona um, which is quite a, a, a hike for those that live in Melbourne. Mm -hmm. And I found myself walking across the Westgate Bridge and uh, no surprise, the police came along and pulled me up <laughs> and just said, hey, you got to call someone to come and, and collect you. So my mum, I called my mum and she did. And um, that was a really defining morning and moment for me because was that it was the first time that I heard God really clearly say to me, there's my way or there's your way. You need to make a choice. And I just knew that morning that I had to decide whether I was going to live my life God's way or whether I was going to continue to live it in a self-destructive pattern, which was my way. Wow. 
So that just really um, gave me a, a drawing to go to church. And that Sunday night, I went along to a local church and I remember going to the service and before the pastor had even finished his message and without invitation, I just went straight to the front and I just said, I want to do um, my life God's way now. And, you know, since then, it's just been an incredible journey of continuing to pursue God. Wow, what a story, Keynes. And I love that, you know, as you made a decision, I don't want to do it my way anymore. I want to do it God's way. The level of freedom that that brings us into is just profound. And, you know, with this whole thought around getting to know God more, the second thing I want to focus on is it's a decision about consumption. I don't know about you, but this season has revealed just how easy it is to consume the wrong foods the leftover Easter eggs that are still there waiting to be finished, the extra baking that has been done, the nights at home that you have where you haven't got people around but you still have chocolate. You know, without realising it, we can find ourselves in a place where we're consuming an unhealthy amount of food just because it's there and we can. In the same way, it can be easy to consume the bad, the wrong and the negative when it comes to our thinking. All around us are the enemy's lies. The Bible describes enemy as the father of lies and all around us are his lies, his deception. And without realising it, we can start to consume those lies without realising how unhealthy it is for us. Can I encourage us with our thinking to filter it through the Word of God? You know, a filter, it separates the bad from the good and the Word of God can act as the best filter when it comes to our thinking. That's why Jesus said, and again in John 15, let my words remain in you. It's His Word and truth that we need to dwell on and declare over our lives. It's like what Philippians 4 verse 8 says. It says, summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realised. Do that and God who makes everything work together will work you into His most excellent harmonies. I love that about our God. He gives us keys to be taking on the right things that are beneficial for us. And so Keynes, I thought it'd be great to just again ask you, you know, are there... Any areas, especially when it comes to your thinking, where you've had to filter the bad out and really make sure the Word of God remains in you? Oh, absolutely. And I feel like I'm on a continuing daily journey of having the God filter in my life. And I've really come to realise that when you um, know God's truth, it really puts you in a position to flourish in life. And I certainly have had many times over the years where I haven't felt like I was flourishing and I've had to continually go back to God's Word and find out what it is that I need to start speaking out and what I need to start believing to see things through God's filter and not my own or the world's filter. Probably the most recent example of this has been with our son, Reeve. Um, Reeve was a bit of a handful from the moment that he was born and um, over time we just started to see different behavioural challenges that he was having that was making life really hard for him and for us as a family. So this led us down the path of going to see uh, different specialists and doing different tests to see how we could best help Reeve with these frustrations and these challenges that he was having. And so this led us to a time where we had a diagnosis of Reeve being on the autism spectrum. And that was just such an incredibly 
devastating and challenging time for me to hear that there was this struggle that my son was going to live with, potentially what I was being told for the rest of his life. Wow. And so Keynes, how did, how did you bring the Word of God into that situation to allow His truth to remain in you during that time? Yeah, well, I really had to dig deep in my personal time and processing it as a family because it really brought me to a place where I was really personally struggling with this um, intense heartbreak for my son and this um, exhaustion from the relentlessness of this difficult and challenging behaviour that we were facing daily. And so I had to really press into God. It, was, it took me to a place where I was starting to question the goodness of God and where are you in all of this, God? And, and how is this your plan? You know, I even started to go down the path of God. I've been serving you all my life. And now this is what life is starting to look like. And it really um, brought me to a place where I had to choose to dig into what God was saying and what was truth. And I had to make the decision to change my perspective. God created Reeve as he is and that he is unique and that he does do things a little bit differently. But we all do. We're all created in God's image and do things differently. And, you know, Dean and I really believe that these um, struggles that Reeve has as a child are really going to be his strengths as an adult. He's incredibly creative. He's passionate and he's so focused. So I've just really learned to stop and look at Reeve and not only Reeve, but all people through God's perspective and God's filter rather than my own or the world's view. Amazing. And you guys have done that so well, Keynes. I love the spirit that you bring to everything you guys are part of. It's so full of faith. And it is because you've made sure the Word of God has been what's remained in you. And, and I love that, that we can all make that decision to allow the God's truth to be our reality. And, you know, this whole thought of knowing Him more the last thing I just wanted to focus on about is how it's a decision about where we find our worth. Again, in John 15, Jesus talks about the truth of remaining in His love. I actually love how the message translation puts it. It says, make yourselves at home in my love. That statement, make yourselves at home, speaks about accessing what is there. Now, if we have someone round, and I say, make yourself at home. I'm saying, grab a cup of tea, help yourself to what's in the fridge, put your feet up, use what you want to use. I'm saying, here is access to our home, go for it. And in this statement, God is saying to us, my love is available. And would we access it? Would we make ourselves at home in it? Sometimes, I think when it comes to God's love, we can treat it like God should be serving us His love on a platter like we're visitors in a home waiting to be served, waiting for God to show us His love. But can I encourage you that God has already revealed His incredible love to us. The epitome of that love revelation was when Jesus died on a cross and Scripture is filled with statements of just how much He loves us. And for us, it's making that decision to locate ourselves in His love. And as we do that, there is no better way of finding our worth. And so as we wrap up, Keynes, you know, for you, how have you found your worth, your value in God's love? You know, that whole sense of making yourself at home in His love. Yeah, well, I love this question. And for me, it's been a continuing pursuit of knowing the character, of knowing the nature of who God is 
and making sure that I position myself to really know and hear from him and be in his presence, to position myself to be transformed and to be made new. And, you know, I continually, in areas that I'm finding that I'm having distrust, I continually go back to the word to find well, what does the word say and where can I find trust? And I feel like I'm um, on this journey of always exchanging what my way is for God's way. And as I do that, I find comfort, I find security. I know that I have this incredible God that is good in all times, in all seasons, and that I can fully put my trust in Him no matter what the outcome may be. Amazing. You know, I think we all have this gap in our soul that only God can meet, this this sense of value that only He can fulfil in. One of the most amazing things about our God is that He isn't looking for our perfection. He isn't looking for how good we are. He's actually just looking for whether we will trust Him. He's looking for those that will say, you know what, I'm choosing to believe in you. And I know there are people that are joining us today and you may have never made the decision to put your trust in God, to open up your life to Him personally, or maybe you once did, but if you're honest today, you're no longer trusting Him. But today is a day where you can choose to place your trust in a God who loves you, who is for you, and will never leave you. And we're gonna pray a prayer right now, and that prayer starts a journey of trusting God with your life, trusting Him with your wrongs, trusting Him with your future. So we're gonna pray this prayer and the words of the prayer are gonna come up on the screen for you to also pray with me. So let's join together. God, I choose to place my trust in you. I choose to trust you with my wrongs and to give you my life. I want a fresh start in you. I pray that I would know your love and your peace in Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or maybe you were recommitting your life to God, it is the best decision that you could possibly make and we wanna celebrate with you. So why don't you make sure you click on the chat section, the raise the hand button and all of us wanna congratulate you. And we also really wanna honour the decision that you've made by getting one of these incredible Bibles to you. So again, on the chat, you can click on the link and we'd love to take your details so we can send you one of these Bibles or otherwise you can scan the QR code that's on the banner beneath me. And again, we will get one of these Bibles to you this week. We would love to do that. I just know in this season, like I've said, God is wanting to deepen our trust in Him. So whether you're here for the first time or maybe a seasoned believer, I'd love just to finish by praying that God would take us to a deeper place and trust in Him. And as He does that, that we'd be led to new levels of freedom. So why don't we bow our heads and close our eyes. I'm just gonna finish by praying for us. So God, I thank You for every single person that's linking in today. God, I pray that we would get to know You in a greater way, that as we do, our trust in You will deepen, that our peace, that our security and our freedom would go to a whole new level. In Jesus' Name, Amen. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Life. If you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message, visit lifeau.org.